Good morning. It is Thursday, July 27th. It's about 10 minutes, five minutes to 10 o'clock in the morning. It's Hannah, it's me. It's so nice to be with you today on this very hot and swampy Thursday. Today we have an episode that we're both very proud of. This is, um, <clears throat> we're talking about what happens when things go wrong. Um, as many of you know, I'm training for a marathon right now, and the idea that I would get hurt or that something were to happen on the road um, is something that does occasionally pick at me while I'm, while I'm running, and, and when things go wrong, we have to know what to do and who to call and where the phone numbers are and all that kind of stuff, and so we talked about that a little bit on the show today. We also told some old family stories. Um, some friends, some stories about our friends and those we love who have achieved incredible things through cycling and running and the like. Um, I don't want to spoil anything because you have to listen to hear all the great stories, but there are resources and links to everything we talked about in the show notes, as well as to our website, soulofthewatchman.com. It is always a treat to be with you once a week, hopefully once a week. Um, thank you so very much for being with us. We cannot wait to share this with you, and we thank you for joining us. And, um, and this week is all, this week is all, all about work and, um, and then uh, next week will be, I've been applying to some remote part-time jobs. And then um, next week will be about um, apartments and stuff. So, um, Ow. yeah, so that's what that's that. So I just needed some, you know, I'm sorry? I got new glasses. I see, yeah. Do you like them? I do like them, very nice. <laughs> My legs hurt. I'm so sorry. I ran. Do you know how long I ran on Saturday? How long did you run Saturday? I ran a half marathon on Saturday. Oh, congratulations. Thank you for my yeah, marathon training. Yes. That I is to run five miles later today. Five miles longer today? No, 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 no. I just have to run five miles today. Oh. <laughs> Oh. I get to run. My big long run for this week is 15 miles. Oh. Oh. Is this in the Newton Hills area? Um, I have a feeling it will be only because it's straight away. Mm -hmm. um, it's like from my place and back. But I ran on Saturday. I ran from my where I live to North Station. And then back. That's a long way. Yes, it is. It's like 10 miles. Yeah, then, you know, it doesn't look like it's a long way, but it's oh, a long it's a way. Long it, way. It, it's a long way. It felt far away from home. And then I turned around and was like, I have to run back the other way now. Do you go different ways? So if you go one way there and you have to go a different way back? Uh, I ended up retracing my steps for the most part. I didn't intend to do that. Yeah. But that's what happened. Mm. 
the beautiful thing about like Calm Ave and Beacon Street is that you can essentially run them from tip to tail. Yes. So right now I'm putting on ointment because my muscles are sore. Well, Commonwealth Avenue and Beacon Street are slightly different. They are, but they're both, they like go from, they, they run through a whole bunch of towns. That's true, but they're, they're different. The topography of them is a little yeah. bit different, so you can get a bit of a, a variation on either. Yeah. Yeah, and you I can just, always cross over. If you're getting tired of one, you can always go to the other. That's right. <laughs> okay. yeah. There's a, uh, I did get caught up in the Red Sox game foot traffic on Saturday, which sucked, but well, there were two Red Sox games and a 5K in the Fenway that day. I, I guess you didn't check the schedule. I didn't. Oh, you might want to try to okay. check. You might want to check that next time. That's okay, though. Yeah. I'll run out of the city and then back in. You can always run the Newton Hills. That's always good practice. Yes, especially for Boston. Yes. Um, this is actually pretty good, I think, leading it, because we're talking about health again today, sort of. Yes. But not really. Well, well, sort of emergency health. Emergency health. Yeah. About decision making and tough decision making. And you can tie it in too if you're running and you're practicing and you're training for a marathon and you're in one of the best cities for all these hospitals. What do you do if you collapse? That's right. I mean, you could tie it into the scenario that you're just talking about, right? Yes. And the environment, because it's got awful hot out there. It was not all that bad on Saturday, though. I Good. thought it was relatively okay. But, I mean, it was hot. It was hot, like, in the later part of the afternoon. By the way, yeah. you want to know what my time was? What? Two, two, two. Well, that's lucky. It's lucky because it's two, that's two, two. Good, huh? That's very good, Hannah. That's like an hour and 30 minutes faster than the last half marathon I ran, which was a couple of years ago. That's fantastic. 10 minutes and 51 seconds a mile. I am right on the money. You're, you're cooking. I'm very excited. Yeah. That's, so that's why don't you tell the, I got to go put this ointment away, but why don't you tell the people more about what we're talking about? Well, you can just close the ointment up and put it to the side. Yes, but okay. I need my hands. Okay. You can just wipe it on your shirt. No, I don't like the feeling of oil on my hands. Okay. Well, since you were training in the summer, I figured that that's a very good tie-in, Hannah, to the overall subject because when you think about it, you're, there are millions of people training for the marathon out in the heat, in all kinds of different weather conditions, and in the all surrounding, surrounded by all these hospitals, all right? Right. And most people don't really think about the kinds of information they need to have on their person in case- Something goes wrong. Something goes wrong, like they get dehydrated, or they have some, their blood sugar drops. Yes. Or uh, they have some sort of allergy. So right. let's say, um, 
or they have uh, a heart issue and they end up in the hospital. And it would be smart for every person who's training for any kind of athletic event to have identifying, identifying information on them, name, telephone number, contact number, doctors, uh, who to contact. That's the first thing. If I'm, we used to have those when you were kids, we used to have these little bands and it really wasn't so much to give any instruction. It was really mostly to get in contact with whoever was responsible for you. And that leads into the larger subject, which is to, if you're in the hospital or if you're brought to the hospital because you've now passed out on the street because you've been running and you're dehydrated and you really aren't coherent, the hospital is gonna perform certain procedures to make sure they can actually talk to you. Right. Right? Well, if you've now passed a point where they can talk to you, well, who's gonna make decisions for you as a human? You by yourself. So here's a bigger scenario, which is in the grand scheme of things can be quite scary. Your family has no idea where you are. If you don't have your license on you, or you don't have some band indicating who you are, where you're from, who to call, well then, what does your family do? You've gone for a run and now they don't know where you are. You're in the hospital. So it leads into a, a bigger subject that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, which is that what does an average person do in a hospital when you're faced with all sorts of different questions about who's responsible for what and who and whose number is first on the list of numbers to call in routine situations. And, uh, and we don't have to go into the nitty gritty of all the real technical stuff if you don't want to, but think about it. There are people out there all the time doing all kinds of things, but they don't think about the other side if something happens to them. And it takes, it takes a little bit of effort to make sure that a little bit of information is available on your person to save a whole lot of people, a whole lot of angst. And, and I think that having those, you know, those little medical ID number, the little medical, you know, I'm allergic to, those are so important and one should never resist or be too proud to wear one because that can save your life. And so that was really, now that you've brought this particular subject up, that other piece, that more serious piece that we were talking, the subject matter about being in the hospital and um, who is really responsible for what is sort of an offshoot, you know, more relaxed offsh offshoot of what the, main topic was, which was um, being the ones responsible for decision-making and health proxies and all that other stuff. Um, and and I, can, I can use my brother and I as an example of that more serious subject, if you will. How? How? So, go ahead. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like when I run, depending upon the distance, I don't always bring water with me because sometimes I don't need it. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm running like five miles, that's two and a half, three in one direction, and then two and a half, three on the way home ish, mm -hmm. depending upon the where I go. Mm -hmm. And it's like I can do that in I don't know forty five minutes mm -hmm. or take on a good day. Yeah. And so, but you know, so I'm talking about my body and my situation. I'm not trying to say that everybody should do this or can do this. Obviously, we're not here to tell you what to do. Right. But if you if you're comfortable in, on the road and you have a pace that's comfortable for you and you know your body well enough to know what it needs and so forth, then fine. You, you know, like I don't need, I don't always feel the need to run with water. Um, so I have like, especially if I'm running a really short distance, do like you miles or something. Huh? Do you do you also take into consideration the environmental aspects of what's going on in the weather? If it's humid, if it's well, if it's humid and hot during the day, I'll run at night. Mm -hmm. uh, that's my if my schedule will allow for it. If sometimes I don't have a choice, mm -hmm. you know, because. The, the way that my schedule works is I get assigned a shift for a day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. day and they change every day and every week. So like today I'm closing, which means I start in the afternoon. Mm. If I wasn't doing this with you right now, I would be running. Right. In the morning. So like I do saying shower or whatever, but like sometimes like I don't have a choice. Sometimes I have to run really late at night. Right. You know? So in that case, I'll take a little while of water and my, I have a fluorescent thing that I wear, mm -hmm. and then I've got a light that I wear on my arm that flashes. Yeah. And that, like, is fine. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, I ran 13.1 miles on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And I, I ran with water. I had two bottles of water, and I had what's called hydrogel. Right. Morton product, M-A-U. R-T-E-N, I think it's German, but they make this sports fuel and it's like, what I'm about to say is going to make it sound much grosser than it is. It is not this gross. Essentially, it is congealed water and electrolytes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sounds disgusting, but it works so well. Mm -hmm. So what, you're, what you do is you take it, like you swallow it. Mm -hmm. over the course of your run and it helps you stay hydrated yeah and it helps you sort of go faster and and stay on the road mm -hmm. and for a big long race for a marathon which i will be running in october mm -hmm. for which by the way i have gotten my starting time oh very nice i got my corral letter which is very exciting but mm -hmm. anyway i um i will have at least eight of them on my person because mm -hmm. you're supposed to take them. One of the things you learn over a training cycle like this is when to take water or when to take a gel. Some people even like eat food. You remember those protein cookies? Yes. Those like honeycomb protein cookie things. I don't like them. Some people swear by them. I am not a fan. Mm -hmm. But like, so, you know, there's a, a, a timing for each one. So like, 
if you've ever watched a race, yes, I think that we're talking about this in the context of running, by the way, it's fun. Mm -hmm. the, if you've ever watched a big race on TV, say mm -hmm. you watch the marathon, you watch the New York marathon, if you pay attention, what mm -hmm. you'll notice, like when the regular people go, even yes. when the elite runners go, you'll mm -hmm. see every mile there's a water station. Yeah. Right? Because in theory, what you're supposed to do every mile is you're supposed to take water. Mm. There are other ways of like in between the miles to sort of keep you going. Mm. One of those ways is this hydrogel. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to take like one between two or three an hour. Right. Which, which averages to about eight or 10 per race, depending upon you and your needs and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, so for the for the thing that I ran on Saturday, I brought a couple of these gels, mm -hmm. and then I brought my little pack mm -hmm. that has a bladder in it. Right. So I can put the thing in there. I've got that. I've got my wallet, my tea pass if I get lazy. Yeah. And then my ID. God forbid something would happen. The other thing that's important to remember, particularly since we're talking about this under the framework of sports. Mm. running in particular. I have been guilty of this before. Mm -hmm. I think I was guilty of this the first time I ran a long distance like that. Mm -hmm. That I overestimated the stress, or I underestimated the stress that I would actually feel in my body during the race. Mm. Like, when you take a workout class or you go for an exercise thing or you're running a race or whatever, anybody with a conscience your coach, your teacher, whoever will tell you to listen to your body, mm -hmm. which sounds kind of trite and kind of annoying and like, right. It's, uh, I mean, it's like over a you, like listen to your body. Right. It's a little yeah. bit, more mm -hmm. but there were moments on Saturday. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time since I've run that far continuously. Mm -hmm. Cumulatively, I have run that amount many times, but mm -hmm. at once is sort of a lot, sort of a lot, that's a lot, is you really have to fucking listen. Forgive right. me. Like it's, you really have to pay attention. So mm -hmm. like I have, my ankles pronate, okay? Mm -hmm. They turn in, mm -hmm. really flat feet. Right. If those of you listening who run, who have this problem are probably nodding or saying, oh yes, that happens to me too. What if you're not wearing, say, the right shoes and you have really flat feet, you're going to get shin splints. Right. If you have a long ass race and you're wearing the wrong shoes, you are going to be in an awful lot of pain. Or you could suffer serious injury. Correct. So what I to prevent that, I wear shoes like old person shoes, basically, yeah. <laughs> like the mm -hmm. super ultra extra support shoes mm -hmm. that have a, a wide sole mm -hmm. and that also have between the shoe itself and the bottom, there's a piece of plastic that runs through it. Your mm -hmm. arch elevated. Yes. So it's like a super ultra support shoe. Right. Which I can, I can link to in the show notes if folks are curious about it. Mm -hmm. It's not an ad not like promotion. It's not you're promoting anything. It's just no. a guidance thing. Just if you wanted to be in to check out the shoes. Mm -hmm. um, I find them very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and I noticed a difference. I stopped getting shin splints in my legs. Yeah. Right. The, um, so like on a big long race, 
if you're not paying attention to what you're feeling in your body and where you're feeling it. Yeah. You can be in a lot of trouble. Like the other thing, you know, stomach cramps sometimes if you've eaten too soon or you haven't let your food digest or something like that. Um, if you're starting to feel pain in your knees, mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you're feeling whatever it is, soreness, headache, lightheaded, whatever, mm -hmm. like really the, the thing, the other thing too, and then I'll let you ask your question. Forgive me mm -hmm. for going along on this, that mm. when you are out there, it's never about time. Like for me, like I, when you sign up for a race, like the marathon, I'm going to run in the fall. Mm -hmm. You have to, when you register, you have to give the race, the Chicago marathon, you have to tell them in the form. I feel like I'm going to finish in blank time. Right. So I said between four hours and 45 minutes and five hours. Right. Probably slower than what I'm actually going to run on race day. Right. But it's, it, it, if I'm basing it on the pace that I'm running at now this week, right? Right. So what I did in my head is I thought, okay, this is not about how fast I can run this race. This is not about setting any kind of a record or whatever. It's about finishing the race. Right. Right. Finishing the race. Right. And once you get it in your head that that's what the goal is, you behave differently towards your body and the way that it moves and responds to the training. Right. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. So to take that whole, everything that you just said, that yeah. step, that step further, when you are setting yourself up to go out there. Out there and, like on Thursday? Or in, anywhere when you're out there by yourself and you're just you running to train and no one knows who you are and it's hot as blazes outside and this is the only time of the day you can run you've prepared yourself as best you can physically you've hydrated you've got all your accoutrement and you are ready to go <laughs> and then all of a sudden it is, you're just becoming dehydrated, you're becoming disoriented, you're becoming, all of a sudden it happens and there's yeah. no turning back from this physical sensation and you collapse on the ground in Newton. Um, and someone comes along and calls an ambulance. Right. And you're taken to the hospital. Now, that is the piece where I say, are you prepared in any way, shape or form on your body with identification that gets information to the oh, medical yeah. wallet? I keep my health insurance card. But is there some, not just a wallet, but is there some apparatus, some little identifying thing that you guys runners have on you that can... I know there used to be um, to get in touch with your family. Well, no, the, the only thing that I do is my ID okay. and my health insurance. Okay. 
Because if they, if if God forbid, knock on wood, right, thing were to happen, they would know who I am, right. They would call the ambulance. The doctors would look me up, mm-hmm. call my health insurance, and they'd find dad. Right, but not everybody is gonna have somebody who's gonna have insurance that calls. So there are, there is a we. When I was a kid, that you referenced this briefly at the top, mm-hmm. there was, it was called a real ID or something like that. Real ID is what they think what the what they call the state license now. The real ID with the star on it. That's not a real ID, but it was road ID. Road, road ID. ID. Road ID. Road ID. And what it was, it was a little when when we used to like ride bikes around the neighborhood. Yes. Um, you got my sister and I. These um, was like a bracelet, basically yes. had my name on it. Mm-hmm. And it had, uh, I think your phone number, Dad's phone number. Somebody's mm-hmm. phone number, and then it had Doctor Hadley's phone number, who was our pediatrician. Mm-hmm. And we would, and if we wanted to go out riding our bikes, we had to wear this bracelet, and it was like a big, chunky yellow bracelet. It's gross looking. Okay, but it served its purpose. It sense, right? So I'm wondering: is do they still have those sorts of things? Where I you know, no, if that's like still a thing. Well, but think about it. If you end up in a hospital and you're totally unconscious, what happens to you? And so I think it's still a thing. I'm looking this up now as we're talking. Mm-hmm. Road ID still is very much a thing. So I can link to that in the show notes for folks who are curious, folks mm-hmm. who are athletes, folks who are parents of athletes, related to athletes. Um, the other thing that is that they do too is great. That is great. Mm-hmm. Is you get an when you buy one you mm-hmm. get an account on their website where you put in all the information mm-hmm. and it sort of like sits there in this account so that if somebody mm-hmm. like for example on a healthcare proxy like we're talking right and somebody is responsible for making decisions right it's like one of those things right um, the other thing that they do just as a side note is they have dog ids so like if your dog okay. gets lost you can yeah your dog. So, so if you think about my my brother Okay, yeah. he goes on these really long. He bike. rides bikes, right? Bicycles. He, he rides, yeah, really long. I don't know how much he does it now. I don't know if he has time, but he goes on these, you know, hundred mile bike yeah. rides. You know, and I don't, I, I don't know if he has those sorts of things. But when you think about it, for people who do those really long bike rides, well, wouldn't it be great to know? that he had that yeah and others who do that sort of thing um and and instead of you know do they have it so that you can connect it to an iphone connect it to a you know um where they were last i don't know the other thing that is helpful to understand too about big races say Mm -hmm. so my uncle your brother Mm-hmm. Hand mass challenge twice, mm-hmm. right? I did not confirm that yet. I haven't had a chance to talk to him, but he did I it think once. So. I know he did I do. I do believe he did it once. Okay. So the pan mass challenge, for those of you who don't live in Massachusetts, is a bike ride, bicycle ride, from where to where? Sturbridge. Sturbridge to the Cape, right? 
all the way to Provincetown. Okay, so it's a it's it is a pan mass bike ride. Goes from one end of the state to the other. Yep. It's some egregious amount of miles, hundreds some odd miles. It's mm -hmm. And it takes like a number of days and it's a whole big thing and you have to raise a whole bunch of money. It's an amazing thing. Like people who do it, it's like truly a feat and it's, it's incredible. And they raise hundreds of millions of dollars for extraordinary organizations all over the place, mm -hmm. um, which I can, I'll link to this. It's for, it's for cancer. It's for Dana Farber. It's their yeah. Cancer. yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll link to the, to the information in the, in the mm -hmm. show notes. It's a, an amazing, truly worthy, incredible thing. Um, but for a big race like that, Boston marathon, any major marathon around the world, when you're, this happened to a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. So two years ago or so at the marathon, when you get a bib, so when I go to Chicago and I get my bib, mm -hmm. I will be able to text you, mom, and mm -hmm. give you my bib number. Mm -hmm. What you're going to do is you're going to go on your phone and you're going to download the app. Yes. The Chicago Marathon app, and you're going to be able to track me as I'm running the race. Right. So you're going to watch it on TV, mm -hmm. and you're going to track me on your phone. Yes. So when my dad is coming with me, mm -hmm. I'll be there. But dad's gonna come, and he'll be able to see on the on his phone like I'm at mile six, I'm at mile eight, whatever it is, right? And he's gonna be running there. He'll be at the finish line though. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but like if I, for whatever reason, like get a cramp in my foot or something and I need to stop at a medical tent, he'll be able to see that. Right. Right. And then mm -hmm. we'll be able to, if God forbid, again, you know, if we need to contact, that's another thing. Mm -hmm. So like, I guess the benefit of doing, of, of pursuing an endeavor like this now, at this point in time, is that technology is such that like, the preventative measures are so good. Yes. That, like hopefully you would never need to be in a situation where. Well, that's true because you're part of a, of a group that provides all of those safety measures. It's the lone wolf, so to speak, that goes out on their own and decides to run a ride 200 miles by themselves on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Those are the those are the folks that, you know, decide to go on a hike and get lost. And it's it's that's the concern. Right. right. And I and I think that having the technology for them and making them aware that it's available and encouraging the investment, because really it's, it, it, it's, it's worth it. It, it may be a few bucks up front, but peace of mind for your family it's is a it's the best because yeah. then they know that they get that they can find you or yeah. that you can so find like, them. Right. right. My friend Mary many moons ago when she ran the race ended up like rolling her ankle real bad. Mm. And I'm looking at the map on the phone of the marathon course and I'm seeing so and so is at this point, so and so is over here, and this one's coming, and I'm yeah, you know, we're cheering, and I'm like, where's Mary and Kate, where are they? Because mm. they stopped, right? And they were like, so I thought, oh, they're still like a ways away, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. 
And then I texted her and I said, Hey, like, what's up? I just noticed that on the, on the thing that you guys aren't moving. Mm-hmm. Said, yeah. I rolled my ankle real bad. I think I'm going to have to pull out, mm-hmm. but, like, I knew, but I knew that. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. There's a hair on my nose and I can't. Yeah. it's like a hair on my face i don't know where it is yeah i think that having that at least alleviates a lot of a lot of stress for a lot of people um at least knowing where their person is right yeah right (laughs) well especially for the pan mass challenge i mean you know you could the, it is, you know, it's like a weekend, right? It's, uh, I actually, you know, don't. I, I don't know for sure. And I, I might think, I actually think it's two weeks. And um, wait a minute, let me check. Um, In real time. This is very exciting. Audio, I think. Mom Googling. It's August, it's August 5th and 6th. Right. Yeah. August um, 6th, that's two days. It's two days. And it's how many miles does it say on there? Mom's cringing at the idea that, mom, that somebody would do that in two days. Listen, all power to them. I know somebody did it uh, many, 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 many times. Oh, is this George? Yes. He was like a super athlete. He ran how many Boston Marathons? 11. 11. 11 Boston. That's insane, right? That's a lot. Why so many? 11 11 more than I would (laughs) have. I don't know if I'll run 11 of them, but I will run that race. Right. So... Um, they are looking to break their seventy million dollar fundraising goal for twenty twenty three this well, that's year. Exciting. Right. Go team. I know. It is their forty fourth Pan Mass Challenge this year. Wow. And they've they've raised nine hundred and seventy million dollars since nineteen eighty. That's I gotta say that's insane. It is insane. And let's see. Um, going to cure cancer, right? I'm sorry? If anybody's going to cure cancer, it's Santa Barbara, right? Well, they have certainly made some incredible breakthroughs. Um, so the one and two day routes from, t- there are two different ones, 25 to 211 miles. Wait. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I have to. I'm trying to find the actual map of it. I'm not sure I can find it on this. <laughs> That's insane, though. Nine hundred plus million dollars. Right. That's the other thing that like is so crazy about these endeavors. Mm-hmm. Marathon or Pan Mass Challenge. I know somebody who just ran an ultra marathon, which is 50 miles, I think, or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, is that a lot of them are for charity? Mm-hmm. And like, there are people, George, our, our friend, was he our mm-hmm. friend or is he our cousin? I can't, he was our friend. 
George Rodman. Oh, he was a former colleague of mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. For how long? As long as I've been, I was a funeral director. So that's 30 some odd years, right? Right. Uh -huh. okay. So he was also very nice. He oh, was yes. the nicest, kindest well, person. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he had to raise, oh God, I would have to imagine at least $10,000 a year. Well, the threshold, yes. And that's that. So the, that's the same. There's a fundraising minimum. Right. So there's a so there are a number of these charities that surround Dana Farber that um, that take on a life of their own, really. Yeah. And uh, the Jimmy Fund Radiothon is one of them. And go team. The people who create the the concepts. You don't realize how much money they raise. No debt. Until you look backwards and you think, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. So wow. There, yeah. Can I tell a brief side story on this one? Sure. So there was my dad, was um, when my dad was working for WEI, him and a crack team of radio nerds created the Jimmy Fun Radio Telethon in 2000 and something when I was a very small person. And every year it was the whole big to do. And um, my dad helped raise, it was a teeny tiny part in helping raise $28 million for the Jimmy Fund and Dana Farber. Mm -hmm. um, I remember when they hit that number because if I recall, dad had to go to some kind of presentation um, somewhere in the spring and he and some other folks from the radio station presented the Dana-Farber people with a check. They did like a whole big thing and it said $28 million. Um, it's, it's still going on, they're still doing it over there WEI, it's like still a thing. Mm -hmm. And that number has since gone up. Mm -hmm. um, and when I run the Boston Marathon, I will be running it for Dana Farber. Come mm -hmm. hell or high water. Mm -hmm. um, it is, despite how hard it is to train for something like this, despite the physical toll that it takes on your body to do it on race day, mm -hmm. it is... I, the thing that I have learned, I have 12 weeks to go, 11, 12 weeks to go over this time is like, I know this is going to sound like I'm preaching and pontificating at you and I don't mean it to be that way because I hate <laughs> when people do that. I really don't like it when people do that. But I have learned so much about how to like stay the course on something. Mm -hmm. like, I am notoriously lazy about stuff like this. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so, like I would so much rather stay in bed and read books and write all day forever. Like that's, mm -hmm. if I could do that and make a living and <laughs> able to do that one day in my life, I would be the happiest person ever in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. And yet working towards this thing, even if it's two miles today and six miles next week and 15 miles this day and whatever, it, whatever it is, mm -hmm. 
I have learned so much about like, you can literally do anything. If you set your mind to it, Mm -hmm. believe in yourself enough, like you can do it. There's something about the Jimmy fund. Yes. That's that's slightly different. Yes, it is. And I don't know if it's unique to Boston or the Boston Red Sox and the relationship that the Jimmy fund has with the Boston Red Sox. Maybe it's because it's, ingrained in our the fabric of the city and, and our family well yes the family but the city and the sport and the yeah. the kids and the the relationships we that that the we angels. had with the kids and the, and yeah. the um it there is a a sort of a, it's an interwoven relationship with it yeah. that is if it doesn't, you know, with the cans passed around in the movie theater when I was a kid, it is so much a part of being a, a member of this community that yeah. it is really hard to not know about it on yeah. some level. And when and because our own little family became so involved in it yeah. and then it became something that was created while dad was at the radio station and then it became even more personal yeah. to one of it, the- would, it, it would be really uh it would be really hard to sit around and not want to participate right at all right capacity the other thing that was really important to me is, and I don't say this to be like braggadocious or whatever. I'm just mentioning this as something that happened once. Mm -hmm. So dad threw up the first pitch at the Red Sox game many years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, we were all there. You were not there. No, I had my foot surgery that year. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. So most of us were there. My sister and I were there and my uncle, my aunt, my grandparents. All grandparents, everyone was there, but me. My grandfather, may he rest in peace, Mm -hmm. was there. And um, Mike Lynch and Joe Castiglione and all these people Mm -hmm. that knew my dad and stuff. It was a really nice time. And Mm -hmm. um, my dad was being honored for all this stuff that he did, which was Mm -hmm. pretty cool. I mean, I didn't like, if there's a, I, 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 I don't talk about it too much only because you know i also work in the media business and i'm sort of weary wary of this notion of like oh of like nepotism (laughs) (laughs) i don't you know like my my the rule that i was always the rule that i learned pretty quickly is like i have to get the job you know Mm -hmm. like nobody's gonna do it for me Mm -hmm. Um, which i've really taken to heart over the years but Mm -hmm. The one thing that I am very proud of is the fact that he was honored, not necessarily for like all the media stuff, but because he did all this philanthropic work. Mm. That was really cool to be able to see of like, this is what it's about when you have a Mm -hmm. platform of any kind to like use that platform to do some good in the world. Right. It was him and Lisa Sherber at Sherber. Mm -hmm. And I forget the other woman's name. Please forgive me. I'll I'll find her name. I see Mm -hmm. her face. With blonde hair, she was so nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the women who they are the women who run the program for the children, right? Put together all of the events and bring yes. them to the games and, and Fort Myers. Them. Yes, and and they were the they were the folks who brought those children to spring training and mm-hmm. all of this sort of thing. 
absolute angel workers mm-hmm. for these families. Mm-hmm. And to like meet them mm-hmm. and like not really get to know them, say, mm-hmm. but like to, to look at them and like see how much it meant to them to do good work in the world. Because it's such one thing that I also want to mention. My dad would go visit once a year. Yes. Him and, and a number of folks from the radio station would go and visit those kids every yeah. year. And it was always sort of a somber day because these children are are are, are dying, some of them. Well, and and mm-hmm. and some of them are in, in really dire sort of health situations with these cancers. Mm-hmm. And I always had this desire to go and, and play with them and be with them and, and support them in whatever way I could. But I was never allowed, my dad never allowed me to go. This is mm. very sad and very hard to do that. And, you know, to, to, to perform these acts of goodness mm. has to come, it has to come from like such a selfless place. Mm. I'm talking about people like Lisa and, and the folks who like do that. I'm not talking about me. I'm just right, right. like a race, I'm not, you know. Right. But people who do what they do. Right. Like actually every day being there with them, putting mm-hmm. stuff together, making sure they're happy and well and everything. Mm-hmm. Like if you ever want a definition of like what it means to be like a salt of the earth. A truly altruistic person. Yes. Like it's those people. Well, I think I think that, that what was That's- Yes, I think what was so amazing about that honor, and even though I wasn't there, I think what made the most impact on me about it was that it had nothing to do with any of his professional. Right. It had nothing to do with any of his uh, professional achievements. Right. And it had, and that whole Jimmy Fun Radiothon weekend really focused solely on how much money they could raise in that 48 hour period for the Jimmy fund. Yes. And, and for the and for the kids and it was all about the kids in the clinic and right. what they could do and all the years that he spent those weekends I had no no concept of what it was until he got presented the plaque yes and then the amount of money he had raised that his team had raised and then he was on the field and then it hit me and i thought wow right yeah wow and and it that taught that, me a big lesson it taught like, me a huge huge lesson like for this race i'm running for leukemia lymphoma society Mm-hmm. LLS, mm-hmm. and the, there, there is something so profound about. I think everybody knows that someone who has either had cancer, mm-hmm. perhaps died of cancer. I hope that's not true. Obviously, mm-hmm. like I'm sure wow. everybody's been touched by it mm-hmm. somehow, mm-hmm. and like the ability to like get out there, me as a healthy person, Mm -hmm. to get out there and to like do this in the honor of those who have been, who have suffered, 
mm-hmm. suffering, mm-hmm. paying attention. Mm-hmm. So much about what charity runners do is bring attention to these causes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, the first time I was training for Boston, I ran for an organization called Back on My Feet. Mm-hmm. I think I, I talked a little bit about it when we when we did a, a tribute episode to the to the marathon bombing, but to sort mm-hmm. of protect people. They are a running group for folks who are houseless. Mm-hmm. And if you are a houseless person, you can go and run with them and you have to attend 80% of your of your running days mm-hmm. over the course of a month mm-hmm. in order to get their services. So mm-hmm. the idea is to like get you active and healing and healthy and mm-hmm. they'll do job training and they'll help you find housing and food and all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Many of these folks are in recovery from substance abuse and alcohol abuse and um, various other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was such an honor to like, one of the things that the charity runners did when we were training is we would run with them, mm-hmm. right? At yeah. like five o'clock in the morning or something crazy like that. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, it it was all kinds of people, Mm -hmm. but like the will, it was such an incredible lesson in like how to have hope in Mm. a way, hoping against all hope Mm. that there, if you believe that you can create a better life for yourself and that by God, you're going to do it. Like there's something so inspiring about that. And it meant so much to me to be able to like offer support and solidarity in a way of like being mm-hmm. there and seeing them and like. Well, well, and also if you look at your own life. Yeah. And in the moments when you feel. Lesson in gratitude. Not, not only not gra- when you have moments when you don't feel gratitude, but when you have moments when you feel depression or you feel darkness or you feel like you can't get up and from bed or you feel yeah. like uh what is oh my god how can yeah. i even go on and if you think about the the people who don't yeah. have a roof don't have food but they get up and they keep going it's yes and 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 or or the children in the clinic who have these life-threatening illnesses and they are quite frankly the most positive people in the clinic they lisa will talk about this i'll see if i can find some of their promotional material because lisa will often be in those videos talking about that that they are like they are they are what keep her going yes and the 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 young kid that ran the bases he got oh my god jordan okay okay he he is now what a college graduate yes okay harvard right okay and you know the world becomes small but but you know i think that when you have your darkest moments if you think about or even remember even one of those people, what was it that gave them hope to keep going? And it even a grain of what they thought is a spark to keep you going. Right. 
I will also put in the show notes the video of Jordan running the bases. Right. That was like 10 years ago or something. My yeah, it was actually longer ago, and you should maybe try to find a clip of him now. Dad was there. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, it's like everybody was crying, like old most incredible, the most incredible moment. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he came back um, right after. Did he come I, back? I, yeah, he did I believe? I don't remember. For nine eleven, not for uh, for the Boston Marathon, I think. Yeah, I don't know, but there are some incredibly inspirational stories, and those are the people that keep everyone going. Yeah. I'm glad we talked about all this today. Yeah. Yeah. It's felt really good. And I hope that folks listening, I'm going to link to all of these organizations. Well, yeah. And what, um, what's, just to circle back, Hannah, before we finish, yeah, I just please. think what's really important is to remember to, yes, listen to your body, pay attention to the environment also. And to have the information on your person, God forbid, anything should happen to you. Right. So that you can get in, con so that the people who need to can get in contact with your family. That's, that's right. That's the, that is really what I wanted to. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And just be careful out there, Hannah. I'm really careful. I'm going to be fine. All right. Um, but I'm glad we talked about this today. I'm going to link to everything that we, most of the things that we talked about. I will find yeah. all the videos and all the resources. And I'm still accepting donations. So if And not only you are accept, accepting donations, but maybe we can put some donation information for the Jimmy Fund or the Pan Mass Challenge in there too. I will do that. Absolutely. And I, every year I, I try to donate at least something to the Jimmy Fund, um, even if it's $5. Every penny yeah. counts. And, and August Pan Mass Challenge hasn't happened yet. There's still time to... to there is. Get, there huh? is. And if you're on and, the... Go cheer on those, on those people. Yeah, and I do have a personal friend who is riding, I believe. So we Yay! should... Yay! Yes, so so we'll, we'll find out who that person is and we'll, we'll link to their fundraiser down below. With permission. Okay. Yes, But thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yes.